We ran to bed to episode 212. Hurry up. Really, really quickly. Hi, shitties. It's me, Eddie Stevens. I'm in my shed. The time is now 3 p.m. my time, and I have to be at work in an hour. It takes me about 10, 15 minutes to get to work, so I'm going to have to record this really in about 20 minutes uh, so that I can then edit it and release it before I go to work, and I'm at work all day blowing people for a living. So um, I want to get this done as quickly as I can. If you're one of the people who, li- who listens to me at like double speed, fuck knows how you're going to understand this because I'm going to be talking extra quick. I feel like I talk very quickly anyway. So um, you're in big trouble if you're doing that. But anyway, I've got to blow my load as quick as I can. So it's Rugby Rantabanta episode 212. Let's go. I'm not going to talk extra quickly. That's stupid. I'm, a, I'm such a mumbling, bumbling, stuttering buffoon that if I try and talk quicker than I already do, I will stammer and all the shit that I just implied. But anyway, the good thing is there's not a lot to talk about except this upcoming game against Scotland. There is the A-team playing against Portugal this weekend as well. But if you want to know what I think about that, check out, for the love of Christ, my YouTube channel, Rugby Rantabanta, where I released a video on that that nobody gives a shit about. So go watch that. But other than that, there's just England versus Scotland coming up. And um, first of all, right off the bat, I just want to express how awful life is and how it only gets worse. Okay. Like, do you remember you used to have hopes and dreams and you thought things would go well and then they didn't? And then they got way worse and you were like, wow, it was way better back then. Case in point, this fixture, England versus Scotland. You know, when I were a younger man, when I wore a younger man's shoes, um, which is a long time ago now, um, I was just trying to think if I've ever tried to put any of my children's shoes on. I haven't. It would be stupid. Um, But back in the day, when I was growing up, Scotland was kind of a joke. I said this about Ireland. Like All the Celtic teams at one point were a joke, weren't they? If you go back far enough, they weren't. Like Wales used to be dominant. There was a time in, I think, like the late 80s, very early 90s, where Scotland were actually a really tough team. But sort of 93, 94, 95, up until recent times, really, Scotland have been whipping boys, haven't they? There's always been the talk of like, maybe they should be relegated instead of Italy when that conversation comes up. And um, there's never been a time where I expected to lose to Scotland until this one. And not only do I expect to lose, I can actually see us getting thrashed. Like, just looking at the way the teams have been playing, the way the teams are capable of playing, I don't see any way that England can win. Now, having said that, Steve Borthwick's England has proven me wrong multiple times before, not least in the World Cup, where we all thought we were fucked. And then we got to a goddamn semi-final that we should have won against the eventual World Cup winners. So I'm not saying it's impossible for England to beat Scotland, for God's sake. But I am saying, I expect, I've got a horrible feeling this is going to be a record loss. And again, don't come at me hard if we end up beating the shit out of them and say, oh, it shows what you know, because nobody knows until it's over, right? But I have a bad feeling about this, to quote Han Solo. Did he say that? I think he did. Um, when he, yeah, when he was in the garbage compactor, right? Um, I just don't see any way around it. But 
here's the the big dilemma that I've been discussing with the uh, the rugby brethren, who I think are getting increasingly sick of me uh, talking about this. But maybe you want to hear it. Um, there was a time not long ago, very recently, maybe weeks ago, where we were really focused on the front row and worried about the front row. But one thing that's been decent this Six Nations is our scrummage set piece. And I've been, you know, the front row hasn't been blowing my mind, but they haven't been upsetting me. It's not something that I've, I'm worried about anymore. So don't get me wrong. I think there's still work to be done there. But when you've got Joe Marler and Jamie George and, you know, either Will Stewart or Dan Cole, they're not going to be dreadful, atrocious, at least not in this Six Nations. Well, we'll see. Maybe against Ireland or France we will be. But I'm not worried about that for Scotland. What I'm much, much more worried about is, surprise, surprise, the midfield. But I'll get to that in a second. We have an injury concern now. A few injured players coming back, first of all, that, you know, are a huge bonus, but do complicate things. You've got George Martin coming back into the squad, who I just am now in love with. I feel like George Martin can win matches. And as much as everybody is, like, excited about Ethan Root, I thought he was good, but not spectacular at any point. Now, don't tell me he does all the unseen work. So does George Martin. And I think that George Martin should come in ahead of him. Um, Also coming back in, Ollie Lawrence and Manu Tuolangi. I'll get into that in a minute. I'm getting, I'm all over the place. Sorry. I was going to talk about the scrum half situation. Alex Mitchell is now injured. Alex Mitchell had cemented himself. That's a weird expression, isn't it? Cemented himself. Cemented him. Cemented himself into the um, starting shirt, the nine shirt. Now he's out injured. Now Danny Kerr has been on the bench throughout the Six Nations. And Danny Kerr sort of makes sense as, an, as, a, as a bench player to come on and, and sort of create something and add a little bit of spark. A little bit of genius, dare I say it. But do you want Danny Kerr starting from the beginning? Well, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. But I do think that, all things considered, with Alex Mitchell out, little Hay Randall did come back in, but now he's dropped down to the A-team. Um, I think. I think that's what happened. A- anyway, as, as much as I love little Hay Randall, no one loves little Hay Randall more than me, um, except maybe his mum and dad. And I sort of feel like his dad. Um as much as I love him, on form, he doesn't deserve to be there anyway. But if we're going to talk form, then surely Ben Spencer should be starting. And I actually think Ben Spencer, I'm not sure I can back this up with any like cohesive, intelligent reasons, but I feel like Ben Spencer might be a better choice against Scotland than Danny Kerr. Maybe it's because I feel like Danny Kerr is more likely to do something silly against Scotland that could end up costing us. And I feel like Ben Spencer may be a bit more pragmatic, but it it doesn't really matter on form premiership form that I think should be rewarded. Ben Spencer is very unlucky not to have been there already. So I think he should start. So there's the scrum half situation fixed Spencer to start with Danny care on the bench. Who am I forgetting? Who else was in the squad at scrum half? Why can't I remember? That's weird. Anyway, Let's get to the midfield thing. And I've got to wrap this up really quickly because, like I said, I only have about 20 minutes to do this. Um, the midfield combo for the first two matches, it's only been two matches. feels like it's been more in this Six Nations. has been um, Fraser Dingwall at inside centre, Henry Slade at outside centre. Now, here's the thing. It's a new combination. 
the team hasn't really been playing that well in general. So you don't want to get like all over these players' balls right away and say that they're not performing well enough. However, I've had and I have expressed my reservations about Dingwall from the get-go. And as much as I like Henry Slade, I don't feel like he's ever really shown what he's shown the um, the level that he's he's displayed playing for Exeter over the years for England. Maybe he's had some good games here and there, but generally I feel like he's underachieved and failed to really deliver. Now, I'm not saying I don't want him in the team, but all I'm saying is that the fact of the matter is a midfield combo of Dingwall and Henry Slade is not going to threaten Scotland. They will not be concerned. Okay. Now there's a, there's a, there's a 50, 50 chance in my mind that Borthwick's going to stick with that combo, maybe higher than 50, 50, you know, maybe he'll feel like he wants to, you know, stick with what he committed to and give them time to develop together. But I think, (laughs) do you know what? I don't even want to say it's a mistake to keep it. I mean, I, I, Personally, I think it was a mistake from the get-go. But since he's committed to it, I'm not 100% against him persevering. But the fact of the matter is, if you want to win this game against Scotland, you want to give your team the best chance of winning, first of all, Ollie Lawrence has to come back in. Okay, Whether that's at 12, where I think he should go, or 13. The reason I I think he should go at 12 is... Personally, I don't think it makes a massive difference which which uh, of the center spots he slots in at, but uh, in in terms of what he can deliver, but in terms of what England gains from having him there, I think having him at twelve ahead of Dingwall instantly improves that mid the the, the well the backline and the whole team. Um, now here's where it gets tricky. I do not believe that, well, first of all, I don't believe that we need to be pinning all our hopes on one player. So it is concerning to me that the first thing I think when Ollie Lawrence is available is, oh, thank fuck, he'll save us because we don't want to have to rely on one player. That being said, when you look at Manu Tuolangi, that's even more the case. England has been sort of relying on Manu for over a decade now. And not only do you want to not rely on one, or in this case, two players to come and save you, you definitely want, don't want to rely on them if they're injury prone. Manu is just about the most injury prone player that is still available. You know, there's players who have left the game because they've had persistent recurring or career ending injuries. So they've just had to stop playing. But in terms of players that are in and out and in and out and in out, in and out of the England squad because of uh recurring injuries i can't think of anyone worse than manu but and by the way ollie lawrence seems to be similar let's hope you know it's too early to know but let's hope this isn't this doesn't become a trend for him but having said that as regressive as i think it would be to start manu in that england back line and as much as i know it would piss off the vast majority of real english rugby fans if this was a World Cup final, how are you not going to pick Manu and Lawrence? Don't tell me you think Dingwall and Slade or even Dingwall and Lawrence or even Lawrence and Slade is going to be more effective, more dangerous, harder to deal with for Scotland 
than Lawrence and Manu in whatever positions you put them. It's just, it's just, I feel like it's kind of obvious. Now, that being said, do we care about this one one-off match more than, than England progressing and developing? Does sticking with the same combo we've been using actually lead to development? Or is it a futile um, waste of our time? Because actually, this isn't a very good combo that's never going to... You know, the more I think about it, the more I, I just don't have much faith in it. And not only do I want Lawrence back in there, but I just keep looking at, you know, young up-and-coming players like um, Hartley at Saracens. I'm looking for people to come and save us from the position we're in. Now, I know that this all probably sounds really hard on Henry Slade. Um, but remember, I do like Henry Slade. I even like Fraser Dingwall. I just don't think that they're the answer for England. Um, now, now that I fucking fucked around with all of that nonsense and sort of sat on the fence about it, haven't I really? Uh, who would I pick against Scotland? Well, I'm not buying the idea that it's somehow unfair on someone like Dingwall to now drop him. Ha it, rugby fans get really weird about this. I remember years ago, uh, someone was being, it might have been Mike fucking Brown, but it might have been Manu. No, I think it was Manu Tuolangi got picked on the wing for England. And a, and a very common um, response to it was fans saying that they felt sorry for wingers English wingers and that it was completely unfair on them. How are they going to feel when they're not even, you know, someone that doesn't even play their position is getting picked. Who gives a fuck? I don't give a fuck. Why would you give a fuck? It makes no difference. This is a professional sport. The coach needs to pick the players that he thinks, you know, he thinks is best for it. If he decided that Alfie Barbary would be better at inside center than the other options, so Fraser Dingwall got dropped, and Alfie fucking Barbary of all people, or Ellis Genge was suddenly inside center, aside from the fact that we'd all be extremely excited by this insane move, um, no, I wouldn't feel sorry. I mean, I, I'd feel sorry for Dingwall in the, in the sense that I feel sorry for anyone who gets dropped for England, you know? I feel sorry for all the players that have never been picked for England and never will, you know? But it's irrelevant. I don't feel that sorry for them, and I wouldn't feel that sorry if Dingwall got dropped. If he gets dropped for Lawrence and or um, Manu, it's like there's not really much shame in that. They're better players. Um... So having said all that, I think I probably would slot Lawrence in at 12 and keep Slade at 13 and have Manu on the bench. Or I wouldn't have Manu on the bench. I haven't thought about it enough, but I think I would definitely go with a starting combo of Lawrence and Slade because I do think, um, you know, I think it was Brother Jonesy in a, the Brethren chat was saying that maybe having a player of Lawrence's quality outside of Dingwall will allow him to sort of express himself better. And, and I, I mean, I don't think Slade's a bad player to have outside you. You, you can argue that Lawrence is going to bring increased physicality, which of course he will, but I don't think that the, the limitations of Dingwall in an England shirt are down to Henry Slade. And I don't think that brother Jonesy was saying that. I'm just, I'm just saying, I am just saying, 
I think that I've never been a fan of Dingwall at 12. So I think you bring in Lawrence at 12, keep Slade at 13. They can sort of, as you know, and we all know, the number on the back of their shirt doesn't mean as much as it used to. They're going to move all around the place. Um, but I think I'd probably stick with that, something like that. But, you know, what is Borthwick going to do? I, it's, I'm, I'm torn. Like, I could totally see him just going, fuck everyone. I'm putting Lawrence and Manu in so we can win this game. I could also see him going, no, I'm going to stick with the combo that I have entrusted and they're going to repay my faith. We'll see. No matter what we do, I've got a really bad feeling about this. I don't think it's going to go well. Okay, that's all I have to say. So I just jumped in and gave you a shitty little podcast to be all doom and gloom and probably annoy you with what I said about um, Dingwall and Slade. But whatever, it doesn't matter. Like I said, uh, check out my YouTube channel so you can see that England A video. Um, just making sure there's nothing else. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Um Follow me on Instagram at Eddie Stevens Massive. Follow me on Tinder if you're some kind of homosexual porn hound at Eddie Stevens Zero. Uh, and follow my YouTube channel, Rugby Ranter Banter. If you really want to, you can follow me on Twitter or X at Eddie Stevens with an extra S at the end. But I very rarely do anything on there. Okay, bye. <laughs>